if you feel there's more to life than iPhones and iPads and mindless consumerism, if you're open to receiving information in all forms in any number of ways, if organized religion, organized political movements, and any kind of collectivism doesn't just quite cut it for you, if you engage in critical thinking, if you think for yourself, if you have peace and love in your heart and Jack Daniels in your bloodstream, if you believe that seriousness is a disease, if you're curious, then come, let us go on a journey together as we explore the outer limits of inner truth. Welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth radio show, OuterLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Tonight, we'll be devoting an entire show to predictions in the year 2015. And we're all in for a real treat on this one. In addition to the predictions by our virtues, we will also be featuring insights by some of our previous guests, as well as some of the most powerful visionaries in alternative media. These individuals include Gerald Talente, Chris Duane, Michael Rivero, Gregory Manorino, Teal Swan, and George Kavasilis. The last part of our show will feature what can only be described as an epic painting of humanity's future by Dr. Daryl Robert Schoon. These individuals are not only filled with wisdom beyond their years, but these are individuals whom I personally have a deep love, respect, and admiration for. To offer their insights to you tonight is a humbling honor that words cannot describe, and we are all incredibly grateful. Since we have a lot to cover, let us begin tonight's show. Joining us now is Gerald Talente, founder and publisher of the Trends Journal and Trends Research Institute. This gentleman is a martial arts and black belt when it comes to predicting trends and seeing the future. Mr. Salente, welcome to the program again. Oh, thanks for having me on. Got it. So what are your top predictions for 2015? Well, you can see some of them coming if you look closely. Uh, One of them, of course, the price wars. What's going on with oil prices? A lot of people think it's a conspiracy to uh, hurt you know, Iran and Russia, and they're driving down prices. It's bigger than that. When you look across the board at commodity prices, many of them are at five-year lows. It's because of demand. So you're going to see, um, we already saw it actually, with Christmas sales uh, for Black Friday, they were down 11%. It was supposed to go up 4.1%. So we're going to see a lot of price pressure in uh, 2015. And along with that, you're going to start seeing a real slowdown in the global economy. It's in front of everybody's eyes. You're seeing China readjust its growth rate to about 7%. I mean, that sounds good for the United States and European countries, but not good for China because they have to grow at 7.5 just to keep things, you know, from not over... overpowering the government because the greatest threat to China is not Japan or the United States, it's its own people, and there are 1.2 billion of them, so you better keep them happy. Huh. And then, then when you look at the other trends that, that tie into this, is how what's going to happen when the economy does start to slacken? Well, one of our top trends, and it's written by Nomi Prinz, of course, who wrote that wonderful book, All the President's Bankers, This is not capitalism anymore in the United States. It's bankism. And that's a term that we coined in the sense that it's capitalism. There's no such thing as too big to fail. The bankism, you bail out the banks because they're too big to fail. 
So they're dumping all this cheap money into the system to keep the Ponzi scheme going. So bankism is definitely a trend that we're going to see more and more action taking place, whether it's in China with them lowering their interest rates to keep it going, that bank, whether it's the central bank in uh, the ECB, the European Central Bank, doing what they can do to keep the Ponzi scheme going, Abenomics, the Bank of Japan, doing what they're doing, the United States Federal Reserve Bank. So it's bankism, and bankism is going to play a big part. Absolutely. I just want to... Uh, jump in for one second. This trend journal is fantastic. I've been reading it for a while. And one of the things I, I really found intriguing about this particular one was that you predict trends by looking at the past. And it seems that you pointed out something saying the game is so rigged that there's nothing really to compare this to in a historical sense. Can you please elaborate on that a little bit more about how badly the game is rigged and where do you see this particularly going? Is this something that's taking you out of your element in terms of being able to see a trend because of the mass manipulation. Yes, it makes it very difficult because they're playing, you know, games, schemes undreamed of. I mean, we know they manipulate the LIBOR rates. That's what they did that over 700 trillion, 700 trillion. They lived the, rigged the Forex markets at 5.3 trillion a day. And by the way, this article about the grand manipulation, rigged, is being written by Dr. Paul Craig Roberts, of course. I'm sure your listeners know who he is, the yeah. former Assistant Treasury Secretary under Ronald Reagan. And he points out how everything is rigged, whether the gold prices are being rigged, whether the, the stock markets are being rigged, and he shows the rigging going on. So we don't have good indicators, so it causes us also to make forecasts that are not timely because we we would have thought this thing would have collapsed two years ago at least but who knew the games going on behind the scenes okay. and who could have believed for example i talked about bankism that the european central bank would come up with something like negative interest rates you want to keep your money in the bank yeah it's going to cost you and you can't make this stuff up <laughs> It's pretty busy. You know, when, uh, I'm intrigued by the fact that you the economic forecast and that the world economy is slowing down. Yet, if you look at the youth of America, there seems to be so much ingenuity and they're, they're so passionate and so creative. So I find it amazing that you have all these people that have all these ideas that are very ambitious, yet their ideas don't seem to um, materialize or reach economic pegs. Because if you have all this creativity, all this inju- all, you know, innovation, people willing to work hard, why doesn't that translate into a stronger, robust economy? Because that's why you have to read the Trends Journal, because then and you look at our top, trend, top trends, and it's takeover. They've caused monopolies. They've created monopolies in virtually every industry. And we look at, look, I mean, you look at the share of market that the majors have. They've shut everybody out, thanks to people like Slick Willie Clinton, who gave us the, uh, you know, kill the communications industry. Look at they, the Glass-Steagall Act, kill the banking industry. They, they killed the Robinson Patman Act, Sherman Antitrust Act, and the Clayton Antitrust Act that made it a level playing field and America the land of opportunity. So these things have to be restored so that the people with the entrepreneurial spirit and the creative intelligence can do what they need to do to try to create a better future. And we see that starting to happen, by the way. You're seeing the blowback come in many ways. And it's not only in the United States, it's global. There are protests going on around the world. So we're going to see 2015 is really the game-changer year. That's the way we see it. Okay. I want to quickly point out to the listeners 
that Mr. Slente has made some really amazing predictions over the course of especially the last 25 or 30 years. One of the ones that really stands out on my mind was the one where you were talking about the passion for natural food. And this is when McDonald's had the profits at an all-time high, and now we're seeing that totally come to fruition. And you make this one really amazing trend that you talk about, saying that there's going to be this new passion to move away from fossil fuels. And you talk about that, and then you also talk about the youth of America really rediscovering the Renaissance. Can you please elaborate on those two trends? Yes. We're not going to call this any more alternative energy. It's going to be a dominant energy. Just like at one time, you know, there were this, the Iceman before refrigeration. And now it, refrigeration would be, was an alternative to ice. It's not an alternative anymore. Ice is gone. And when you're looking at what's going on in fossil fuels, this may be the beginning of the end of a lot of it. And what we did, we have our science editor, Ben Davis, who's written a very elaborate piece on the breakthrough energies beyond wind, solar, geothermal, or biofuel that's going to be really shaping the future. And not only shaping the future in terms of new dominant energies, but also changing the geopolitical landscape. Because all of a sudden, eh, who cares about the Mideast? For example, you think the United States would have invaded uh, Iraq or Libya, destroyed Libya if their major export was broccoli? <laughs> Probably not. So that's one of the big trends, and he identifies where the opportunities for investment are, and retro. The millennium generation is one of the first generations that doesn't have nostalgia to look back at as they grow older. So they're going to be looking back now to find the future. It's called a renaissance. So it happened after the Black Plague in Europe. 60% of the people died. They went back. They went into the past. A la Romana e all'antica in the manner of the Romans and the ancients to describe the quality of their work. And we believe the millennials are going to be on the cutting edge of a new renaissance in 2015. Uh, Mr. Gerald Salente, cannot tell you how much we appreciate your time. And to learn more about Gerald, you have to go to his website, trendsresearch.com. If you're a CEO and you're not subscribing to this magazine, you're going through life and business blind. I'm telling you, it is the most comprehensive, most thorough magazine you can get out there that will really see the trends that are happening in the business and social societal trends. Mr. Salente, thank you so, so much. Well, thank you for having me, and all the best for a prosperous and healthy new year. You got it. Joining us now is Mr. Michael Rivero, founder and hostmaster of WhatReallyHappened.com, and he's also a nationally syndicated host on the Genesis Communications Network. Mr. Rivero, has got some of the most amazing insights. And for over 20 years, he's been a major power broker in the alternative media movement and has really brought to attention a lot of stories that have yet to be covered or ever be focused on by mainstream media. Welcome to the show, Mr. Rivero. Well, thank you for having me. Got it. Mr. Rivero, what do you see as some of your maybe top three or top four big predictions for 2015? in terms of the world, in terms of the global scale? Well, um, it doesn't really take much of a crystal ball uh, to see the general trends uh, that are effect affecting our society right now. Obviously, the economies are going uh, to continue to decline, especially after the first of the year as uh, BRICS uh, officially launches their parallel banking system. Uh, they're already in the process of setting up their own equivalent of the SWIFT electronic transfer system to bypass the United States. Uh, we know that there are some 80 nations already aligned with BRICS 
uh, engaged in cross-border commerce without going through the United States dollar, on which uh, the United States financial system has made a huge profit since the end of World War II and the Bretton Woods Agreement. We're seeing more and more countries uh, trading their natural resources for currencies of their own choosing rather than using the U.S. dollar, uh, which was the core of the petrodollar deal. And the United States uh, financial centers, which became very wealthy on this uh, charging of interest on dollars or being able to print up dollars and send them to other countries in exchange for real goods and uh, agricultural produce, basically got lazy and allowed our manufacturing to decline, both in output and quality. And this disastrous experiment with GMO has many nations refusing America's agricultural exports. So our financial system has literally become dependent on maintaining the petrodollar and Bretton Woods, and that is why we're seeing the United States of America engage in military action, trying to basically coerce the rest of the world back into use of the dollar and the petrodollar deal, and it's not going very well. And we're seeing this rush to try and get wars going with uh, Russia and China, at least cold wars, so that America's allies will drop using the ruble and the yuan, even though they're becoming much more attractive than the U.S. dollar. As of last week, the United States has officially acknowledged something we've suspected for quite a long time, which is that China is now the world's number one economy. And we're, we're seeing this economic warfare being carried out in the uh, uh, markets around the world. We're seeing manipulation of stock prices, physical metal prices. And unfortunately, economic wars, when they don't go too well, have a tendency to turn into real shooting wars. And I think we're on the verge of that. Okay, so you would say that for 2015 that we're going to see a probably a major world war break out of this point or increased global conflict. Increased global conflict. I'm convinced that future history books are going to look back here at the uh, year 2014 as already being into World War III. The United States has attacked something like 17 other countries around the world. Uh, they're engaging in covert coup d'etats against other governments, such as we saw in Egypt and uh, up in Ukraine. And uh, it, it really is the, the U.S. is the aggressor, and I'm afraid that future history books are going to look at the United States as being the villain in this world war. And 50 years from now, I think the world is going to look on the stars and stripes with the same revulsion with which our generation viewed the swastika. In terms of other aspects and developments, besides global conflicts besides war, what do you see in terms of the economy? Do you think that the economic conditions will decline steadily, or do you see an abrupt collapse? Is that something that you feel is intimate and something that may actually occur in 2015? It could easily occur. Obviously, the decline is going to continue because the, the fundamental uh, support for any economy is the ability of the working classes to transform their labor into new wealth to feed into the bottom of that essential pyramid system, which we have in the United States of America. And again, out of that attitude of laziness and dependence on Bretton Woods and the petrodollar, uh, our high-paying jobs have been shopped to other uh, countries. And at a time when we see the government trying to raise taxes and the banks trying to uh, encourage more lending to keep the system going. Ordinary people in the working and now even in the middle classes just don't have the means uh, to engage in any more of the kinds of practices that it takes to sustain this debt-based economy. And so it is going to deteriorate. We're going to start seeing now the upper middle class start to collapse, and we're heading toward a very bipolar economy 
of the top 1% having all of the wealth and the 99% just being one common mass of people just struggling to get by. As far as an outright crash, obviously the powers that think they are are trying to prevent that. Uh, but everything that they do is a holding action. Exactly when the crash is going to happen is very hard to predict because any prognostication on our part is based on looking at the rules and operations as they are right now. <clears throat> but we're seeing uh, the government and Wall Street continually rewriting the rules to suit themselves. One of the most dangerous developments is that Wall Street is lobbying Congress right now uh, to make the taxpayers liable for derivatives losses. And this is a huge volume of money. It is a terrible abuse of the American people. The, the bankers and Wall Street CEOs knew they were playing with these high-risk derivatives all the way back in 2008. That's what took down AIG. But they've still been playing with these derivatives because when the economy is going up, derivatives can m multiply your gains by a huge margin. But when the economy is going down, those same derivatives can turn back at you and multiply your losses. And so the attitude of the Wall Street bankers uh, is dump the losses on the ordinary people. And by the way, that is a very good definition of fascism, when the people who make money are allowed to keep it and the people who lose money are allowed to transfer those losses onto the people. That is a fascist economic model. And we are definitely heading into that. And I think the American people need to take a firm stand here because we did not engage in this risky derivatives behavior. Those of us who were studying the situation were warning against uh, unrestricted, unregulated derivatives uh, behavior by Wall Street. But Wall Street and their pet Congress critters just went ahead playing with this giant open-air casino over on Wall Street. And now it looks poised to come back and crash the whole system. And they basically want to turn around and write a law that says, well, the American people are going to have to pick up the losses. And to illustrate what that looks like, uh, imagine that somebody starts a gambling casino where people can come in and gamble. And when they win, they get to keep their money and go home happy. If they lose, the casino management passes around a hat to the employees of the casino, to the barmaid, the bellhop, the desk clerk, uh, the maintenance people, the cooks in the kitchen, and asks them to pony up to cover the losses for the player so the player can go back to the wheel. Now, obviously, this is a good deal for the players. If they win, they get to keep it. If they lose, they lose nothing. Uh, but that's the way the country is being run right now. These high-stakes players on Wall Street are being allowed to keep their winnings and uh, force the people of the United States to cover their losses. Where do you see the trajectory of human consciousness at this point? Do you feel that people will continue to ask more questions? Or are they going to become more intrigued and thrall with their iPhones and iPads? Well, uh, the iPhones and iPads are certainly intriguing for the first few weeks that you have them. Uh, but after that, you start finding ways to use them. And people inherently want to know the truth of what's going on around them. Certainly in the wake of the collapse of the lie that Saddam Hussein had nuclear weapons, uh, justifying invasion and conquest of that country, uh, more people are waking up and asking questions. Uh, the government and the corporate media are in the very uncomfortable position of having lost control of what people are thinking in this country. And it is, as you mentioned, a global phenomenon. Zbigniew Brzezinski described as, as the global political awakening. Of course, from his point of view, that's a bad thing. They want the general population to go back to sleep, believe as they're told to believe, and, and carry out the orders of uh, the uh, 1%. But that really is not happening. And we're seeing many actions by uh, corporations, by the financial centers, and by the government trying to recapture control 
of what people are thinking. And there's a very interesting historical parallel, because if you go back and you study the time when Gutenberg, we discovered movable type printing, and all of a sudden books were affordable to the middle classes, literacy exploded, people became aware of contradictions between this church's Bible and that church's Bible, uh, people were able to read alternative versions of political history, and it caused a panic among the ruling classes. And those entities that could evolve to meet the new environment of information flow in society survived. Those entities that couldn't evolve and adapt went extinct, and we're seeing exactly the same thing here. The rulers of the world are, are going to have to come to grips with a much more aware uh, population able to mass communicate with each other on a peer-to-peer -peer basis. And those entities that cannot adjust to that, those entities that go on acting as if they can lie to the public with impunity are eventually doomed to fail. Do you see or sense or gauge anything as coming very positive in this coming year? Do you have a lot of hope and uh, hope for the humanity and hope for America? Well, I ultimately have hope for all of humanity. I think the present United States is doomed to drop into the dustbin of history the way the former Soviet Union did. And that also gives us uh, a reason for hope, because if you look at the collapse of the Soviet Union, they had about four months of extreme difficult times where people had to relearn how to be dependent on themselves and on their neighbors and communities. Then they formed the new Russian republics, and life in the Russian republics is considerably better than it was under the Soviet Union. And I see the same thing happening here in the United States of America. This Ponzi scheme private central bank uh, is uh, on the verge of collapse. People around the world are coming to the realization that it is these private central banks that drive nations into debt and eventual war. And so I see that whole system nearing the end of its lifespan. And there's going to be some difficult times ahead, but they're not going to be that long. And on the far side, we're all going to stand up. We're going to decide for ourselves what kind of a nation that we want. Rule number one, no more private central banks. We need to remember the wisdom of Andrew Jackson and the other founding fathers who fought a revolution to be free of this kind of predatory banking and in permanently enshrine it in whatever uh, foundation documents we're going to prepare. I would like to see a new United States that's based on many of the current principles of the original United States and adjust for you know modern times and modern technology and move forward from there. Uh, but in the long run, I see a much better nation emerging uh, in this land than the, the government, the oligarchy that we have here now. Wow. Mr. Michael Rivero, thank you. Thank you so much for those great predictions and for your time today. And to learn more about Mr. Rivero, please check out his great site at whatreallyhappened.com. And please listen to a show on the Genesis Communications Network. You listen to it every single day. Michael, what's the best time that what time does your show air every day? My my show is on the Genesis Communication Network from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Central United States time, Monday through Friday. Excellent. Mr. Rivero, thank you so much. Thank you. Joining us now is Gregory Matarino, one of our earlier shows. I got a fantastic response. Mr. Matarino is founder of TradersChoice.net. He's a visionary on economic and sociopolitical matters. Mr. Manorino, what are your predictions for 2015? I would say the number one, unfortunately, is going to be war. Um, I think we are going to experience, unfortunately, um, a deterioration with the geopolitical 
events that are being orchestrated, uh, actually, uh, as we speak here, I think that the powers that be are going to use war as a mechanism to continue to prop up the system, prop up the U.S. dollar, uh, unfortunately. And, you know, it's always the same story. Um, you know, they're going to bring us to war to get us through or at least to prolong what is coming. And what is coming, whether this is going to be in 2015, which I believe is a very high probability of, this entire thing that has been created by the world central banks colluding with each other to keep the system propped up. At one point, what people need to understand is all of this, all of the stimulus, all of the printing, all of the everything that they were doing has to balance out at one point. And what that means is there's going to be a terrible, terrible price to pay for all of the the uh, gross distortions and misallocation of capital in every single aspect of 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 these markets. And I'm not just talking about stocks. I mean bonds and which is debt and currencies and commodities and everything else associated with it. So there, the moment, could we see this in, in 2015? It's very possible. But I still think, and I've been saying this for a while now, that we have not seen the extent yet that the desperate um, world central banks are going to go through to keep this propped up. They're going to pull things out of a hat, and I've been saying this in these exact words, that we can't even, as mere mortals, um, you know, fathom yet. And one of these things, unfortunately, is going to be wars, and, and a lot of people are going to suffer for this. Wow. Is there any way that the current paradigm can sustain itself without going to war? Is there any other means that you can see in 2015 of them sustaining things the way they are without having to use war? Well, the only other thing they can continue to do is further distort everything. Um, and what do I mean by that? We, the central banks are continuing to embark on failed policies. And what am I referring to? All of the stimulus, all of the printing, all of the the, uh, the asset purchases that they've been doing, status post crash of 2008, if you want to talk about Japan, it goes even back further than that. They're going to keep doing this. They can never stop. Here's the problem that I don't believe people understand. Whenever a nation resorts to extraordinary measures, and I'm referring to their central banks, this is their exact wording, Federal Reserve is calling this extraordinary measures. Whenever a, a, a central bank has to resort to such desperate measures, it can't stop. You begin a terminal decline, despite what we're seeing in the equity markets, because that's just distortions, it's capital being misallocated, and it plays into their paradigm of the illusion that things are okay. Again, we know this. There, there, there is no doubt, and anyone you know can find these things out, just do a little research. The global economy is continuing to slow. Meanwhile, here in the United States, our policymakers, our central bankers, want us Americans to believe that the United States is immune. The United States is not immune to this. And what we've been seeing lately with these falling commodity prices um, or deflation, this is something I, I've wrote about and spoken about in my book, The Politics of Money. I said, when you start seeing the deflation, that's when you know the next stage is going to be massive and even hyperinflation, possibly. The issue now 
isn't so bad when you when you talk about something called money velocity, which is the rate at which cash is moving through an economy. We are at historic lows right now. As long as the money velocity stays low, the Federal Reserve, all of the world central banks, can print and print and print this cash, and it really doesn't make a difference. So you've got a lot of these people saying, hey, look, you know, all this money printing, all this stimulating, it's not doing anything. All, all of those people, like me, who have been saying, oh, there's going to be inflation, we're all wrong. Well, see, these people just don't get it because they're looking at the very surface of it. If you, you have to delve deeper and understand that there is a lag time here. It's variable. Now, the issue is this. Once we start to see cash move through an economy, it, it's very simple to understand how this is going to play out. We have, let's just stick to the Federal Reserve here, who's going to increase their balance sheet from $850 billion to over $4.4 trillion status post the crash of 2008. Now, with the money velocity being low, all of those extra dollars that are out there, they're, they're not going anywhere because there's no money velocity. But once the cash starts to move, you can have all of these trillions of dollars chasing the same amount of goods. And what will that do? Massive and possibly hyperinflation. This is going to happen. Um, the central you think bank that if it's inflation, is it hyperinflation? Is that completely unavoidable at this point? Is it unavoidable at this point? What is I the can't other imagine. Will be, the only way, excuse me, guys. What's the only other way that we can avoid hyperinflation of the world? If they can... would raise interest rates to the moon, which will melt the system down either way. There's no way to avoid this. The, the, you see, what they're trying to do here is push this off. There's no way out of the of a massive global financial cataclysm. There's no other way to put this. Because what people need to understand at its most basic level is this issue with global debt is not, and I can't stress this enough, is not just a financial problem. It's a problem with resources. We've been borrowing cash from the future to sustain a better now. A, an alternative universe has been created through this debt-based economic model. Now, once the debt bubble bursts, and it will burst, we, we know this for a fact. Just go back in history. I urge everyone to do this and look at every single economic or financial bubble in history, they all burst. Why? Because they rise above a level that can be sustained by any means. So right now, runaway central banks are continuing to try to sustain this by stimulating and printing. But at one point, investors and countries and whoever's holding all this debt is going to realize that it's worthless. They're going to dump this stuff. When the debt becomes bubble burst is going to put massive amount of pressure on equities, which will sell off rapidly, and resources that we've been borrowing from the future to live a better now will not be able to be acquired. So we will see or have the potential to see a global loss of life, which can be, you know, for less, for a less better term, biblical, because it's all connected to this. It's not just a financial problem. Wow. But in addition to the financial outlook and the economic collapse. Do you see anything positive on the horizon for 2015? Do you see any other things that are, are occurring or changes that can be occurring that may actually be beneficial or positive for humanity? Well, yeah. Well, for those that are awake and those who are understanding, they're, they're, they're really only out is to be outside the system. And that means this, understanding that 
the developed nations of the world all have debt-based economic models, which they're going to continue to fuel the debt monster. You've got to get on the opposite side of that trade, and you've got to realize that you need to hold hard assets. I don't care what they're trying to do here in the short run to the price of gold, the price of silver. These are hard assets. They've been money for thousands of years. Protect yourself. Protect your wealth with this. I mean, even the most prepared people in a worst-case scenario will not get through this because you have to understand, when people realize that the, the, everything they've been led to believe is fake and that they will not have access to their whatever cash they believe that they have, that these banks will not allow them to even have access to. In, in a hyperinflated environment, the U.S. dollar will be worthless. So what are they going to do? There's going to be pandemonium on the streets, and this is why. We are now one nation under surveillance here in the United States. Why? The police have been militarized in every state in the Union. Why? They are now talking about nationalizing the police. They realize where this is going. Unfortunately, it's not going to be pretty. Mr. Greg Manorino, thank you so much for your predictions and your analysis. Where can people learn more about you? I just go to my website, traderschoice.net. Uh, everything you need to know and how you want to contact me is right there. And uh, I urge people to do that. And people should also check out your YouTube channel as well, which is fantastic. Oh, I, I like that too, yeah. But you can find that all on my website, uh, traderschoice.net. Everything is there. Mr. Manorio, thank you so much. It's been great to talk to you. Thank you. Joining us now is Mr. Chris Dwayne founder of Sons of Liberty Academy. Mr. Duane, what are your predictions for 2015? Well, I think the biggest uh, prediction is that uh, we're getting closer and closer to the end of this unsustainable way of life. Uh, our entire way of life is built off of debt and death, and we're reaching a max amount uh, of war that we can spread and the amount of debt that we can legitimately get away with in this global economy. Um, so I, I, we've, we're seven years past the 2008 financial crisis, and we've been nothing has been fixed. The debt is magnitudes worse. We have no safety net. The people don't believe in hope and change anymore. Uh, the Chinese, the Russians, the rest of the world are waking up to this game of the petrodollar, and I don't believe that it's going to end very well for us. Okay, so you're saying that that like that thing is likely to happen in 2015. It could very well happen this spring, but again, anytime anybody wakes up to this reality, it always looks like doom is six months away. Um, the reality is that uh, you know this is a, a consciously evolving thing that happens throughout all of humanity, and it's uh, you know as much as the debt is mathematically unsustainable, um, it's not really until the psychology kicks in where people go, "Wow, this is not good, and I don't want to participate in it anymore." And I think the more people that wake up to this, and it's not just you know individuals that listen to your show, Ryan, or, or you know people who follow my YouTube channel. I mean, these are the heads of state. Like you listen to a Vladimir Putin speech or an interview, this guy's not a crazy fat uh, guy. I mean, he's quite uh, logical in his perception, and 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 doing things that you and I would do if we were in that position. Um, you know, by by uh, buying massive amounts of gold by creating uh, friendly economic deals with China and Brazil and Turkey and, you know, all these other nations out there um, and, and, and building a better circle of friends and moving away from this sick psychopathic state that spreads debt and death all over the world known as the Anglo-American empire. Um, so the world's waking up. Individuals that listen to your show and my shows are waking up. 
And it's not until we get to that, you know, hundredth monkey effect where the the tipping point happens, where the the right individual at the right time becomes that that point where they no longer can do or participate what they had done, knowing what they know now. I used to work in a business that created hundreds of millions of dollars worth of debt every year, and I made tons of money off of it. And when I woke up, I could no longer do what I did, knowing what I did uh, okay. did then. So it's it's uh, it, it's it's a slow quake, but once it happens, it'll happen. All right. Now I know this event has been talked about is occurring or potentially occurring for a number of years. Do you think that the event? will likely occur regardless of whether or not people decide they no longer want to be a part of it on a massive scale. Because if you look at humanity, especially maybe in the last 10, 20 years, just based on the movies alone, it appears that the I, I, I observe that the people don't think as critically as they once did or no. maybe don't question as much as they once did. So do you believe that as humanity is maybe questioning less and becoming more engaged with their gadgets and food and circus, that this event is actually delayed occurring. It, that, that's a very good thing. If we had an educated society that actually paid attention to real issues, this would have been over 50 years ago. The Federal Reserve would never have been passed in 1913. Um, but the fact is, yeah, we do have a very ignorant populace that's distracted uh, through bread and circuses, and, and also the uh, you know staying above the debt trap. I mean, the, the very fact is that our money is created out of debt. When debt is created, money is created. When debt is paid off, money is destroyed. Uh, if all the debt in the world was paid off, there would literally be no money in anybody's bank account anywhere. And we would still owe the interest to the banks uh, that started this Ponzi scheme. Okay. So I, I, I think that the people that aren't paying attention, history is going to happen to them. And those that have learned uh, through the past of history and monetary policy and stuff like that, um, they are unfortunately going to be burdened with watching history repeat again. In terms of a collective shift in consciousness on scale as the collapse or the complete disregarding of paperback currencies, is there another event or series event in history that you compare this conscious shift to? And do you see that event in mind? How is that parallel to the event that we're experiencing right now? Are we right at the cusp of the uh, change? That's a good question, Ryan, because I think like the only time I view this as humans are progressing uh, to a higher form of consciousness to the point where uh, humanity in the future in some golden age would never consider uh, having a monetary system that was based off of debt and enslaving future generations with debt and and support and supporting uh, these Ponzi schemes through war and, uh, you know, uh, government coups and all, all this regime change and all the stuff that runs our world. Um, so, yes, I, I think that it's coming. Um, I don't think it's going to be, a, you know, wake up and all of a sudden humanity smells of roses and will never consider doing these things again. A lot of pain has got to come and a lot of people have got to uh, suffer the consequences for either their inaction, their ineptitude, their uh, you know, being a part of it. I mean, I, I was a Marine for seven years. I, I mean, I, I was, you know, guilty of supporting that system. I was a business owner. I went to the college industrial, uh, you know, complex. Um, I bought into that system, but I've woken up. And the wonderful thing about this, Ryan, is the amount of energy it takes to keep people uh, indoctrinated uh, and believing in the system is a lot more energy energy um, than it does to wake somebody up because once somebody's awake they can never ever go back to doing what they once did 
Um, and you said before, like, have we ever seen an experience like this? The only thing that I can think about in human history that would com- probably even remotely compare to what I think were going to happen um, is the collapse of the Roman Empire, um, the, the Dark Ages that followed uh, for you know uh, a long time in, in Europe. But on the other side of it, there will be a Renaissance, and the Renaissance really brought back um, the higher aspects of, of humanity, higher consciousness and beauty and love and uh, poetry and stuff like that. That's what's going to come out of the the, uh, the the ashes and the fire of the collapse of this unsustainable empire. So maybe we'll actually see movies that are enjoyable, because I don't know about you, but I think all movies suck these days. And, and music and literature Awful. and art. I mean, it, it, you go to any store, there's skulls everywhere. You know, even in children's clothes, you listen to any music, it's a mathematical algorithm of beeps and bops, and the people aren't even singing because it's all auto-tune. It's not even, you know, somebody's talent or, or, or anything there that, that drives this anymore. Um, the, the music, there's there's hardly any people that actually play music. I mean, you listen to Jimi Hendrix back in the day, man. I mean, it wasn't that he was playing certain notes he was resonating this energy out and it was uh, it was contagious and 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 peak something inside of us there's the, the humanity humans are not machines we cannot be ruled like machines we cannot be judged by machines we cannot be manipulated by machines there's something quintessential about us our consciousness our energy our our spirituality that is far above all this stuff that we're being fed right now. And it's not being nourished. It's not being supported. It's not even being paid attention to. And I think when the collapse of all these fake mechanicalistic, uh, controlling, collective, narcissistic, psychopathic uh, things end, um, there, there will be light on the other side. And it will be inspiring and, and humble us and, and bring out the best in us instead of this competitive scarcity that we've been fed and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, forced upon us for so long. Oh. Now, if you just say the collapse side, we pushed aside all the things about the financial system. What else do you see is occurring in 2015 on the world scale? And do you see some positive developments as well? Like we're talking about uh, developments on the world scale, developments in the U S and developments amongst the American people. Um, I think the greatest political theme right now is just power shifting from, uh, you know, west to east, uh, the decline of the Anglo-American and, quite honestly, the whole European colonialism system that's been in place for over 500 years um, is coming to a rapid end. Um, if you look prior to European colonialism, uh, raping and pillaging, you know, what we consider the third world or you know, Asia and Africa and the Middle East and South America and North America. Um, prior to that European uh, raping of the, all those indigenous people and natural resources, India and China were the largest economies, the largest populations. They had the highest form of uh, society. Um, I think India and China made up together 50% of the world's GDP prior to, uh, you know, 1500. Um, and then as soon as the Europeans started, started to go out and, and rape and pillage all of these other uh, parts of the world, um, you know, they, they, they were on terminal decline. And then throw in the British colonizing the Indians uh, and raping and pillaging their uh, wealth and, and population there. And then throw in the British, you know, supporting not one, but two opium wars against China, uh, seizing their ports and forcing 
the Chinese to take opium to uh, get back their silver because they didn't want to do trade. Um, and then blow that up to World War One and Two, and the current American Empire and the War on Terror and all that other stuff. We're we're coming to the end of this six five six hundred year European colonialistic uh, way, and the nations that are going to revive the most are the ones that had the natural power prior to that, uh, which is China and India. And the way that they're going to do it is look at the amount of thousands of tons of gold that they are buying. Um, this is going to be the basis of the next uh, economic paradigm for the next hundred years. Um, and it's going to be based off of real tangible wealth. And if you have it, you got it. And if you don't, you're you're dooming yourself to generational serfdom. You're going to be historical roadkill uh, at best, you know, if you just, uh, you know, get caught up in the riots and wars and stuff like that, uh, or at worst, condemn your family to generational serfdom. If you don't have real tangible wealth, if you don't have real good friends that actually uh, care about you and not what you do, and if you have real skills uh, that are above this consumeristic paradigm of shuffling paper and and people around and thinking that's producing real wealth. Mr. Chris Dwayne, thank you so much for your predictions for 2015. And to learn more about Mr. Dwayne, please go to his YouTube channel at Truth Never Told on YouTube. Thank you so much, Mr. Dwayne. Not a problem, man. Joining us now is the spiritual catalyst, Mrs. Teal Swan. To learn more about Ms. Swan by going to her website, at tealswan.com. Mrs. Swan, what do you foresee as shifts and trajectories of the energies on the planet and of the inner dimensions in 2015? 2015 is all about stabilization. So if you're looking at even the energies that the various planets are offering to our dimension and also the different dimensional realities and the beings in those dimensional realities, everybody is trying to offer stabilization to planet Earth. But what that basically means is a polarization between people who are feeling unstable and people who are gaining more stability. So it's about which side of the fence you're going to be on. Everything in 2015 is about uncertainty and instability. (laughs) So basically... Our world economy is the one that is ramping up to be the most impacted, if you would like to So do you think that this could very well be the year that the economy just kind of, I don't know, goes? All these things that people prophesize about dollar crashes and some major global meltdown, do you think that's more likely to occur in this period of time? I'd say that it would not surprise me, but I don't see the actual collapse happening this year, um, next year, I should say. I, I sort of see this as more a year where everyone starts to panic about it. It's that, that sort of energy is going to be in the air of people trying to rescue us from a sinking ship, essentially. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm just curious to know yeah. if um, you said that a lot of people are going to be feeling insecure and then are going to be hurt, people are going to be finding confident. If the people who are very yeah. confident start to grow in mass, should they be immune to the external realities of the people who are very insecure? Because wouldn't their vibrational frequency make it impossible for them to be aligned with individuals who are very insecure and very afraid? It depends on the person. Sometimes what happens when you get completely into alignment with stability is that you're now able to offer a vibration which is a match to the desiring of the people who are offering a vibration of instability. 
And so it's highly likely that people who are able to align with stability are able to assist those who are feeling completely unstable. What have you noticed and perceived, let's say, on the inner dimensions and the inner realities, the energy doing at least in the last five years? Basically, we're in the midst of a serious awakening process. We're at that tipping point they call the hundredth monkey point, where even our entire race is changing. The human genome is actually changing right now. We're turning into a different type of species. So the expansion of human consciousness is really what is in the most, I should say, impressive point outside of this particular dimension. And because of that, all focus in other dimensions is on Earth right now. That's why we've got so much energy here and so much um, of the focus from extraterrestrials, so much of the focus from spirit guides and things like that are focused on planet Earth because of this giant shift in consciousness. And when and whenever there's a giant shift, you'll notice that there's an equal amount of resistance. So it's the same thing that we're talking about relative to stability, where you've got some people that are latching onto the old way of things and they're providing a lot of resistance and a, a massive amount of people who are coming into the new awakening and really starting to live their life completely differently. And society, of course, has to change by virtue of being a match to that human consciousness shift. And so you're watching this tug of war basically between the old and the new right now, which is quite fascinating, but it's also creating huge rifts and rocks. Now, when the human consciousness evolves, the earth consciousness, which is of course where we live, has to stay a match to that. Or I should say the other way around also, if earth decides to shift to a higher frequency, human consciousness must stay a match to it. And so what you're going to watch also which is really in the works, especially for this next year, is the the Earth is going to align with what it will align with, and anyone who's not a match to that essentially is going to be in the wake of a serious crisis here. So I think we should understand that healing, healing, of course, is what happens when we're shifting into a higher consciousness, right? But we all know what happens when a human being heals. They get chills. They start shivering. They might get a fever. Um, It's all of these these upsets the homeostasis. Now we're going to see that on Earth. So we're going to see effects to the crops on planet Earth, to the metals, to the weather patterns, to energy sources like oil and gas. There's this massive instability that's going to happen in the world itself, which of course is going to impact human consciousness. But those of us who are going to be okay with those shifts, basically, which is what we really should talk about is how to deal with this instability, are going to be a match to the new improved version of Earth and the new improved version of human consciousness. So basically, uh, what is what is someone to do to to shield themselves or at least be safe while these transitions happen? And how long do do you do you perceive? Can you um, estimate these changes to occur? This this chaos or shakening? Honestly, it could be probably twenty plus years. I this shift was not even though it's a very fast one as far as shifts go, it's still one of those things where where people, of course, because we like to watch Hollywood, we think that all of these world shifts are going to happen in one day. And the reality is more that it's going to be like an ongoing process where year by year society is shifting. The way we're living on planet Earth is shifting and Earth itself is shifting. So that's what okay, I see. Okay, you see this. What about darkness-wise? I mean, do you see like that's getting towards more of a Mad Max-type era before we break out of this? Usually, yes. That's, that's the grand yeah. resistance, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. You were saying about how people can protect themselves for these changes. Yeah, basically, we're being pushed to find our inner center. So when you cannot find a sense of stability in the external world, which is really going to be the case for us here in the future, we are forced to find our inner center and our inner stability within. And so a lot of things can actually lend to that. The first thing, which I would say is the most important thing, is that we need to develop a willingness to feel. 
if you if you understand what upsets people most about uncertainty and instability is that we don't want to feel certain things and so we're essentially living our life running away from those things and that is what causes most of our suffering of course so if we become willing to feel whatever life comes our way and throws our way then we're no longer really afraid of what's going to come do you see or sense that the spirit of freedom and the spirit of you know the spirit free consciousness is taking fire or catching on or do you feel that the freedom is being extinguished and we have an era of tyranny that is just only beginning both well it always comes hand in hand doesn't it it's like the contrast that inspires the expansion come they go hand in hand they are like a married couple and so what you're going to watch when the economy starts collapsing in this particular country is that obviously the governments or powers that be are going to vie for control in any way that they can and the issue in our country, of course, is that due process is going to be completely demolished in a time of crisis. And when due process is, is demolished, then basically it gives the powers that be the control to do whatever they want to, whenever they want to. And that, of course, will make people feel less free. But that feeling of being less free makes people really examine the idea of freedom and move in the direction of freedom until ultimately there is a revolution. Okay. And... Has this event that we are experiencing right now on Earth in this linear time period, has this occurred in other dimensions or on Earth previously? Is this part of a greater cycle? And if so, when you talk about revolution, are we talking about a violent uprising? Are we talking about a total shift in consciousness where people tend to just walk away and not prop up any particular systems that were controlling them originally and basically you know, suck the energy out by not giving them any credence or credibility? It will be both. Okay. There will be a massive amounts of violence as a result of people feeling not free, and there will also be people who transcend to the degree that they step outside of our current society. I think the most promising thing, and this is over the next probably 60 years, is our graduation away from our current single-family household to a community-based living style. We're basically going to be going into the future, but dragging this, this way that really did work before, which is the tribal lifestyle, that type of a lifestyle will be sustainable on Earth. And so, and that's also more emotionally healthy and physiologically healthy for the physical human. So, we're going to be graduating towards that as well. Wow. That's fantastic. Ms. Teal Swan, Mrs. Teal Swan, shall we say, thank you so much for your great insight and predictions for 2015. Can pe- where can people learn more about you and what events you have upcoming? Well, I always post my events on my website, teelswan.com, so if anybody wants to visit there, I've got all of the list of the upcoming events. They can also follow me on Facebook if I post frequently there. And also on my YouTube series, I release a new video every Saturday. The Spiritual Catalyst is the channel. Thank you so much, Ms. Swan. Joining us now is Mr. Chris Krepsik, metaphysical teacher and founder of thehoodedsage.com. Mr. Krepsik. What are your thoughts and feelings and predictions for 2015? Wow, that's like, um, I think things are going to continue to develop as far as people um, becoming more aware of trying to realign to nature. Um, But for the most part, people are too lazy and spoiled to really do anything about it. (laughs) So even though they're sensing it, they're not going to do a whole lot. You're just going to see, um, small groups, um, will become more and more common looking for self-sustainable living, um, because they're trying to escape the system. You know, the system's not working. 
what activity are you currently seeing in the inner worlds? And how do you feel this activity will likely physically manifest in our world in the coming year? Well, most of the things that I see in the Luna worlds are directly related to the people that I work with because I'm involved with um, helping people and doing healings and such. So most of the things that I see are personal things regarding them and um, their energy. Okay. But taken as a whole, and that's, that's kind of bombarding, you know, it's like, I don't really sit back and look at the overall global thing, but for the most part, the vibration the vibrational rate of the planet is speeding up and that causes um, people's inner issues to surface. It's going to cause their darkness to surface. It has to surface in order for it to be processed. And so each year, um, more and more of that has to come collectively out. Okay. And the way, yeah. And the way things are going based on the trajectory we were currently on, do you feel on a global scale the level of darkness and ghoulish activity is going to intensify or do you feel that humanity has pretty much hit its rock bottom in terms of the darkness it will manifest in this physical reality and will actively be taking steps towards pushing for more celestial energies and more celestial peace manifestations in this reality? No, there's, a, there's only a small percentage of people that actually even care about that. The majority don't really care about that. The majority of the world is following the evolutionary path of the ego and the rigid intellect. And um, as far as hitting rock bottom, no, I, I don't think they've hit rock bottom yet. But the the global shadow has to come out more and more. And um, nothing major is going to change until it does. It takes a massive, um, it takes a massive amount of. Um, darkness to surface before anybody's really going to do anything about it you know it takes something major to happen to shift consciousness okay in terms of that darkness do you sense or feel that that could be manifesting in the next couple of years or this year do you think we're really humanity is collectively really close to having an event where the darkness flat out emerges and people recognize it for what it is and seek to change and go away from it i would hope so <laughs> I would like that to happen, but can I say it's going to happen in 2015? No, I can't say that. Okay. Um, it's just, it's very clever how the whole um, sphere of control works, you know, as long as they keep people pacified with entertainment um, and such, um, nobody really gives much attention to it, you know, so the the levels of control are going to become more and more rigid. Um, but in order for people to actually do anything about it, it would take something major, you know, okay. something major, as, like, as, long like as, that. as long as they're stupefied and, and just following the, the beat of the drum, nothing's going to happen. Sure. So like an economic collapse or like common hitting the earth, something substantial like that, that could potentially shift the trajectory. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a, a huge economic, um, collapse would definitely cause people to do something and then obviously any major earth change would they say that energy can neither be created nor destroyed is this darkness this dark energy originally from celestial energy is the celestial energy and celestial people shifted the way of the ego and turning away from their source is that what the heart of this darkness is well yeah the darkness is the human shadow it's the human inner sentiments of um uh, rigidity, rigidity and coldness, you know, the coldness of the intellect. 
So, I mean, is the darkness itself originally celestial? I don't, I don't know if you can exactly say that, but I mean, energy transforms, it never really dies, but it can transform from one state into another state. And so what you have when, when a person has darkness, basically what they have when they're born into this world, they're pretty much given a clean slate, but they're born into a system of programming and control and it breeds the ego and the shadow. Okay. So the shadow is basically just the subconscious programming and, and that darkness is created over time and they either fall into it or they don't fall into it. But um, because of the program that they're thrown into, all they try to do is survive and create their way of getting by, which forms the ego. So, you know, like humans obviously have both light and dark within them, but are they, are they primarily celestial things? Not necessarily. You know, people are coming into this world to evolve and escape other dimensions. Okay. They aren't, they aren't necessarily from heaven, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay, they walk around with wings on. And Chris, the final question I have is this. When a person physically dies... Do they take their celestial or evil energies with them away from this world? And the second part to that question is when people, you say, process their shadows, are they transforming their darkness into light? And if that being said, is that what it's going to take in order for this world to become a more peaceful overall place? So is it does the does the darkness become light through shadow processing for the yeah. people who are on this planet, or does, does the shadow become light by, let's say, having a lot of evil people or carrying evil physically depart from this planet? Okay, that's a lot of questions all at once. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the um, shadow processing thing definitely. Um, it, it transforms that darkness into light. But basically what you have to understand is it's, it's a person's darkness isn't all their own. Okay, people have stuff projected on them. But when they process their inner shadow and um, their inner negativity, it transforms and clears their energy field to where it can just naturally vibrate with light. Okay, so if you if you're let's say you're under the influence of a bunch of people that are trying to um, coerce you into doing stuff or trying to control you, say, well, if, if you can process that and understand it, that those energies are projected onto people um, and they can become clear of it by understanding the situation, but also um, developing a stance of inner power to where they can stand up for themselves and have their own journey that clears that energy away. To where their natural light just shines. It's the same thing with healing. When a person gets healed, all the healer really does is help clear away blocks and binds and darkness to where the person's own natural life force just vibrates brighter and faster. Okay. So do you feel that if people as a whole or each individual person works on themselves, works on clearing their shadow, that that in its essence could maybe potentially build a more celestial, more peaceful type reality? Well, definitely it would. Okay. But th that's, the, that's the thing about it, though, is that most people aren't trying to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Chris Krepsik, thank you. Thank you so much. And to learn more about Chris, please go to his website at thehoodedstage.com. 
If you want to work on yourself and your spirit for 2015, I highly recommend you sign up for his course. It's absolutely fantastic. A um, lot of great insight on there, and it's just absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you, Ryan. Joining us now is globally respected psychic medium, Miss Carrie O'Connor. You can learn more about Miss O'Connor by going to her website at carrieoconnor.com. Miss O'Connor, what do you foresee happening in 2015? I always speak of themes, Ryan, and I've spoke many times in many different venues that 2013 through 2015, we have this big, major bridging, um, bridging period, a wake-up call for all of humanity. And it's going to affect every single part, money part. It's going to affect um, all across the world. Humanity is asked to, to wake up. So I see in the beginning of um, 2015, especially from January to March, we have some kind of rocky roads there. We have the fallout of the report that just came out with the um, what we did to the soldiers. That really is going to cause some ripple effects. I saw something happening in France in February where a, an, um, the U.S. embassy could get attacked. Okay. That's a really good potential. And some targeting and some people, families having to leave and evacuate. A lot of that could be really hush-hush, but I think it was going to be exposed later. So the first thing, and I also see the thing with Ebola, the first three months, see that there's going to be more... Um, rigid almost detention centers with a girl in Maine caused a big um, hoopla when she was um, detained. But I see more um, of a rigidness uh, coming in with Ebola scare for the first three months of 2015. Then I'm seeing this period of things kind of evening out. And really the major theme throughout this, this time of 2015 is for us individuals to really ask ourselves, are we more of the human doers? Or are we more of the human beers? It's a, it's a call for balance. It's a call for balance for the earth. It's a call for balance for humanity. And to really start getting back in touch with nature. And I also see that there's going to be major medical things going on. Cancer. Major medical breakthroughs. Major medical breakthroughs. I was just watching this um, show on uh, this guy that uh, a billionaire that has all these um, advanced things in curing cancer. I see breakthroughs in that. I see that, especially when it comes to cancer, that's going to be major breakthroughs with that. And I also believe that there has been cures for cancers for years and years. My cousin died at 16 years old, and I remember way back then I knew in my heart of hearts that the but big pharmaceutical companies did not want to cure. They they want illness and chronic illness, and so it doesn't fix them, but they're going to have to get behind this somehow. They're going to have to support it. So people are really being forced to look within themselves, and the more they resist it, the more they're going to have, um, it looks like an earthquake kind of energy. And speaking of earthquakes, I do see a potential of one of those coming in, and that is coming in, and when I looked at the energy of June, all of a sudden it, I saw like fire, and at first I thought it was a more like an attack, to be honest. But then when I looked deeper into it, I saw an energy of what looked like an earthquake energy over down in South America. And the waves of that could really go over and hitting the East Coast um, energy, kind of like the fallout of um, Japan, where the West Coast is getting the fallout of this. So, so this thing, do you see this? Um, uh, what, what, what parts of the East Coast do you see it hitting? I see it coming in for the Florida and then going up the coast, right? And when I see these, I like to remind people that these are potentials. And when I'm, anybody's reading the future, and this is what I was taught since I was a little girl, that when we are energy energetically, every single one of us, all of humanity, consciously or unconsciously, we're putting, like you could say, our vote, our energy into it. And the more we're off balance, the more we're going to be creating uh, an off-balance event. The more we become in-event-balanced, we... Um, 
we, we like kind of curtail it. There's been evidence where meteorologists scratched their heads when they saw a hurricane coming up through um, uh, Mexico and they didn't understand why it took an abrupt um, turnaround. I think that was in 205 and they all were scratching their heads. Meanwhile, I knew that there was millions and millions of people across the world praying that the, they would um, downscale a hurricane from a five or a seven down to like a three or four. That happened in Florida a couple of years ago. They were all saying the hurricane was up to a four or five and, you know, prepare for large death. And there was prayer all around. So this really is a time for us to be accountable for what we're doing individually and to really get into balance with ourselves. Are we really what, what are we doing? Are we being the human doers where we're just on the rat race and just keep on? Um, running what I see is this, on this treadmill and just wasting our energy and just getting all scattered or it's time for us to get balanced, get our money in order. I see some big ups and downs with money coming up, but I see also even in evening out, I see the stock market really taking a, that's in September. Okay. In turn where it could get really, I see it's, it's sliding downhill to be honest. So that's a month. So you think on financial sector that it's going to be still going to be teetering back and forth, teetering back and forth. Exactly. But again, Ryan, if you look at it in the big picture, it's a call for balance. It's the 99% in the 1%. It's like a real balance of you can't have 1% of the people hold all the wealth and 99% don't. And so if you look at it from a bigger view, that we're being asked to bring that wealth back into balance, not have the the havers and the have-nots energy. Yeah. Medical make, make breakthroughs. I'm really pleased with what I'm looking at. And what were you going to say? I was just saying that um, you, if you look at the economic, um, it seems that there's a, the gap between the rich and poor is growing. It's still growing yes. substantially. Yes. And then also, it seems that you know maybe some people are more inclined to be aware of what's happening with the environment, but. Mm -hmm. The people that could probably really make a substantial difference, which is the industrial companies, right? It, it, what is it? Isn't their interest to even really care about the environment at this point, or at, for any time that matter? I'm just thinking, from that perspective, do you feel that collective humanity is going farther and farther off balance with regards to how it treats the environment, with regards to how it treats the animals, with regards yes. to how it treats each other? Yes, in that, in as, and especially the first, you could say, for the first half of 2015, we're going to get more and more reports. I just saw the um, the other day. I was, I've had a tooth issue, so I was looking at a lot more news than I ever have in years, to be honest. And I was reading those reports from the um, that were just released with the detainees, and I was just looking at it from a bigger view. And I thought I saw the ripple effect of how it is going to wake up people. It's really calling us to come to balance, to get out of inhumane things, and to care. Everything is living, living things. Care about the animals, care about our planets, care about the generations, our future generations. Way back when, or the indigenous tribes always cared about the future generations. We've gotten to a place where we didn't care about our future generations. I had a friend, my boyfriend's um, was over, friend was over over the Thanksgiving weekend, and he was talking about the the future of um, the fracking and bringing the pipeline down. And his thoughts were really like he was really he's, he has a really good job, he has really good money, and he pretty much said, "I really don't care about the economy. I'm going to be out of here in 20, 30 years." I almost fell off the chair, Ryan. I'm like, well, "Wait, how about your kids?" You know. Well, what are the kids with the, with the debt? And your I mean, future grandchildren, whatever. He goes, ah, I'm not What's that? I mean, there, there's so much, so much debt, debt out there. 
Right. Well, the kids are holding the debt, right? And they're, they're, they're getting weighed down by the debt. I also do see that we're finally going to have the minimum wage um, get lifted up or get people making more money, getting paid for what they want and have not people in a, and again, in a holding pattern of where you get stuck, where the poor get poor, the rich get richer. And that's where I talk about this bridging time. We, we've reached the point, think of it as an elastic band that has been stretched so far. And now the elastic band is starting to, to fray. And so it's really call, call, calling for all of us. Each and every single one of us can do something about this. And we can be proactive instead of reactive with it. And really think, think of it as this is the major, major year for us to be take accountability and responsibility. Are we being, do we recycle or do we throw stuff out? Are we being more green? Are we taking, what are we ingesting? Are we doing G, GMOs? How are we doing healthcare? Getting to, I see all major um, people waking up and embracing a lot more of the alternatives because they're so sick and tired of taking the pills and the whole pharmaceutical company and just getting this chronic um, illness cycle. So people are starting to wake up and just get sick and tired of it. And I've been watching this wave happen for years. I remember when I went to a naturopath's office years ago in the, the 1990s and I was surprised that 90% of the people there were 70 and older were at this um, naturopath uh, she did acupuncture and she was one of the first ones around in Connecticut and her clientele was and in the elderly thing where I thought it'd be a lot of younger people. And I said, I asked her about it. And she said, because they were so sick and tired, they were at the wits end. And so they were open to accepting alternative things, getting into herbs, getting into nutrition. Before the medical schools weren't even taught about nutrition, like what we put in our mouth doesn't matter, you know, and, mm -hmm. and all of that. When you look back, you scratch your heads and say, come on, are you kidding me? You're in medical school and you think what you put in your body doesn't matter, you know? So- this is a real time for us to wake up, right? Bring things into balance. And the more we resist it individually, perfect, um, uh, professionally, I mean, personally and collectively, the more we could have rockier rides. And then, Ryan, I saw the silliest thing about um, Kim Kardashian. And, um, is their show finally going to go off the air? <laughs> no. Because if it is, this was... will be the most popular show in the history of radio if we reveal that right now exclusively. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw that there's going to be another um, pregnancy announced, a boy coming in, and that um, I guess we have they have the girl north, and they're going to go for south, and I think they're going to go around the compass. But what was interesting <laughs> is that before that, right before that, I saw Kanye doing something that really pisses a lot of people off, and it's really fiery. And Kanye West is going to upset people again? Uh, yes, by his mouth, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden I saw Kim falling on her big behind and it deflated right and so there is a, a part of the this year in particular of people just getting so tired of it i tell you my boyfriend doesn't care about a lot of stuff but he's something about it when he turns on the tv and he sees her he just he cringes right he's like oh it's like he doesn't understand why people could be so obsessed with stupidity you know so there's a, a birth of the the child of the south and um i do see it's a boy energy but it's it's going to be really interesting because i do see the energy on plugging from the Kardashians and then there'll be another flavor of the month, but it's, it's about time for those guys to um, take it somewhere else. You know, well, speaking of unplugging, you were saying that you were talking about the, uh, the energy wave going, being stretching and then kind of like snapping, having a mm -hmm. elastic. So when you say the word snap, it seems that there would be something abrupt that would kind of prompt people to shake completely out of their comfort zones. What do you think is, is a, yep. an event or a, a development that would allow people 
on a massive scale to do that. As far as people on an individual basis, um, yeah. I'm sure that they're on their own path, whatever they're doing, but on a massive scale, what is that snapping of the elasticity? Well, what are you yes. looking at? If we look about it, Ryan, we've had many, many, I call them wake-up calls, right, down from 9-11, right? That was a social call for us to wake up our hearts and to really start um, becoming much more of a one world, one heart, and really put our warring behind and, and end of the the energetic warring that's going on that really has to do with money and, uh, again, getting a few people richer. And then we had the tsunami fallout in Japan and then the nuclear waste that is still, again, following, going through. I see March through May that there's going to be evidence on the West Coast of how much the pollution's there, of the nuclear waste that's coming in the West Coast. They already know that, but a lot of this stuff is hidden. That's coming up to the surface. And so it's really making all of us, it's going to be shocking where, Ryan, a lot of times I remember that big, huge tsunami that people were killed or Haiti, where if it's not affecting us or people we know, we could say, sorry, we think, oh, that's too bad. And we send our prayers out and maybe we do a donation. But then we click off and we turn the channel and we go watch Kim Kardashian or something. This year is going to keep on bringing social issues. It's going to bring money issues. It's going to bring in how what, what we're doing to each other as far as the humanity. Are we honoring each other? Are we respecting the planet? Are we respecting our animals? Are we respecting people? And a real call to bring in balance. And everybody that's resisting it, they, they're going to it's going to be right in their face of what they're resisting. If they're resisting money and, and, and really t holding tight with money, I see a lot more. What looks like, well, we, we look at the the um, whole wars with all the um, I can't breathe, all that. Yeah, do you that, see? The, is there? You see an escalation of war? Do you, is there, do you see a potential of a global conflict? Or I another? see that that could be coming in. I just saw 2017. If we go down this path where we are not recognizing the. Um, um, the the injustice, just even I just saw that, saw that I can't breathe, and I was thinking all these people I can't breathe, and all the um, the police using abusive service, I mean abusive uh, their their positions, right? Abusive power is what it really is, and it's being called out, and it's being called to bring back into service. And not saying that we don't. I just you know read a report that that um, that kid, the Ferguson kid, did have gunshot. Um, residue in his hand. So it's not one way or the other. We can't be black and white. When I see these bridges, it's us to be able to step back, look at the big picture, to really hear both sides and to be able to be in a much more inclusive energy, to really energetically put our, our tendencies to be reactive in it. It's a warring energy is what I call it. It divides us, it splits us, it scatters us. And so the more we can get our feet in the ground and get grounded, really get real and balanced, look in our life. Do we need that extra big iPhone? Does our four-year-old need an iPhone? You know, do we, do we need the extra computer? No, we don't need this stuff. Can we recycle stuff and really get back into balance individually? Miss Carrie O'Connor, that was an amazing, <clears throat> an amazing list of predictions for 2015. Thank you so much. To learn more about Miss O'Connor, please go to our website at carrieoconnor.com. Thank you so much, Miss O'Connor. Thank you, Ryan. As always, a pleasure. Love you. Love the show. Thank you. Joining us now is the angel reader, Miss Laura Lynn. Learn more about Miss Lynn by going to her website at angelreader.net. Miss Lynn, what are your predictions for 2015? I have uh, one prediction that's been really unsettling to me. Uh, it does involve an oil spill and of course we remember back a few years ago how devastating that can be and is 
but um, what this one is going to be at the opposite end, it's going to be over in the Pacific Ocean. Uh, felt like it was near um, the north, I, the north part of the country, North California, and there's going to be a massive fish die-off as a result. And what's scary about this is I kept on seeing more and more animals affected by this, birds and small creatures and uh, several types of uh, sea sea animals that is going to be involved with this die-off. So that is not very settling, and I really hope this prediction is wrong. I hope, I'm going to do a lot of prayers, and I hope a lot of people, listeners here, do some prayers to help um, hopefully stop this oh. from happening. And then, uh, I'm sorry, did you want to say something? Sorry. No, no, I'm just curious. This sounds awful. Yeah, oh, okay, sorry. Okay, yes. And another prediction that I have will is about the weather. And, you know, as we know, weather's been changing quite a bit. I do feel that there's going to be a large iceberg that breaks, literally breaks in half, and the water table, as a result, will rise quite a bit. There's going to be a lot of melting, and so there's going to be much more moisture in the air, and the air currents is going to shift considerably or continue to shift. And what will happen as a result is a lot of flooding towards the mid part of the uh, year, uh, actually about May, June, July, uh, much flooding. And it's going to be in areas that's not that we're not used to. I do believe that we are going to get one current, um, air current, which is very untypical, uh, going towards Nevada, which could potentially be helpful for the water table. However, uh, it's going to be pretty devastating at first because the, you know, of course there's not going to be much places for the water to go. So it, it, eventually it will help though, the state, which is, that's a, actually very good. Um, but I do feel like what's going to happen as a result is that the winter will be very, very difficult uh, season. Um, winter is going to, um, go to the point that we were at like last year. The oh, vortex geez. polar yeah, is going to be pretty um, devastating. That's all. Uh, so uh, what I'm concerned, of course, is for people who are homeless, uh, people who do not, do not have uh, good furnaces, um, there's going to be a lot of reported deaths due to the 2015 storms. Okay. Is there anything on the global events? Well, well, one more thing I wanted to mention, and I think this is really good news, and it's probably it's not going to happen in 2015, but 2015 is going to help posture it to happen. I do feel like uh, there's going to be some shifts economically for people in the Appalachian region uh, due to marijuana and um, eventual uh, hemp crops. And what I am receiving is that uh, West Virginia, Kentucky, and Tennessee in particular are going to harvest uh, marijuana for medical uh, medical means. And that is going to not only help uh, the, the local, you know, regarding taxes and getting, getting more economy, you know, structure 
uh, stabilized, but how, but it is also going to help remove some illegal practices that, that are happening that, and only hurting the states, hurting the regions. So there's going to be uh, some really major shifts as far as the economy in that region, and that's going to help stabilize the, uh, the states. Yeah. Uh, that are, you know, affected. And again, I'm re- really receiving uh, West Virginia being one of the strongest and then Kentucky and Tennessee. Got it. Uh, Ms. Laura Lynn, thank you so much for your predictions for 2015. And to learn more about Ms. Laura Lynn, please go to her website at angelreader.net. Thank you so much, Ms. Lynn. Thank you, Ryan. Joining us now is the astrophenom, Miss Constance Stellis, our astrologer. To learn more about Miss Stellis, please go to our website at constancestellis.com. Miss Stellis, what do you foresee as happening in 2015? What do the stars say? For 2015. 20- yes. All right. Um, I have a number of things to <laughs> confide, I guess. First of all, when we talk about predictions in astrology, we're talking about cycles that are recurring. And these are documented um, because we know where the planets are every minute, every second, every year, every month. So when we can observe that things are going round into places and degrees of signs where they have been before, we can make a comparison. So first up is the movement of Saturn into Sagittarius on December 23rd, 2014, so right before Christmas. And Saturn has not been in Sagittarius since um, um, 1985. So if we can think back to 1985, there are many things uh, that will kind of recycle. However, One planet doesn't clue us in exclusively to what is going on in the world or even if we are Sagittarians in our personal life because we have all the other planets to balance, to add, to challenge, all sorts of things. So at the same time that Saturn is going into Sagittarius, we have Neptune in um, Pisces. Sagittarius and Pisces are related, but not always easily. Related meaning that their energies are not antithetical. But I believe that the theme of 2015 is illusion versus reality. Okay. And illusion is um, has many faces, and reality... Uh, has kind of one face. It's hard and earthy and um, unbending. Um, Now, hidden in illusion is ideals. And ideals are always good because they give us something to strive for. So we're going to see lots of people trying to balance um, the way governments, individuals, uh, scientists even sometimes have um, been clouded in their vision in terms of what really works. This is not to suggest that a conspiracy view of the world is healthy or correct. Things are much too complicated to say they know and they are doing it. That way madness lies, not half helpful. 
along this, the topic of illusion, we also have um, drugs uh, and medicines. Drug, uh, and I think drug addiction and drug problems will increase, and we'll see results of this in cuckoo violence erupting here and there. It may very well push separate individuals and state governments, local governments, to be more attuned to mental health because the result of all of this has got to be better facilities and better ways to um, care for people who really have gone off the deep end. In terms of medicines, we'll be working very hard to find the ones that really work as opposed to the ones that are toxic. And I think infections and infectious diseases will also occupy a, um, a, um, a great deal of the news. And uh, kind of as, as fast as the diseases come up, then we're going to have to uh, find antidotes. And I think that more or less will be successful in that, but it will be uh, anxiety-provoking on the way. Now, other planets are Pluto and Uranus. They have been doing a dance, not happily, since 2012. <laughs> so what does this mean for us when you see not happily? Uh, just... what, not happily, it's because um, Uranus says freedom, me, my way, explode the system, um, just get rid of it all. Uh, all convention and all old-fashioned thinking. And Pluto says, um, wait a minute, slow down. We need deep, careful, planned, profound, to the bottom of things change. So you can see their tempos are different. Their ideals are different. Their agendas, if we can give an agenda to a planet, um, uh, is different. Now, the last time Uranus and Pluto were in an unhappy relationship was 1932 to 1934. And we see then what happened. Um, massive uh, economic problems, the rise of fascism, the beginning of World War II, um, Hitler, etc. So this is not to be repeated. I am not predicting in any way, shape, or form that we're going to do this again. But... The forces of control and the forces of um, ensuring that people do it my way or the highway, so to speak, are about, and we see this very predominantly with um, Vladimir Putin. <laughs> and it's like, you know, we have to bring back uh, um, James Bond. The Cold War is beginning again, even though we have seen... Um, so much cooperation, so much change in Russia, it's becoming polarized. Um, Putin, I believe, will um, uh, take over some more chunks of Russia because that's what he wants to do. And um, I don't think there will be a war over it, but it certainly will not make relationships between um, the United States and Russia very cordial. So that's kind of in so, the I'm just curious, do you see any kind yeah. of a – what is your – what does the star say about a, a potential of a global conflict, major global like Absolutely not. not okay. There's not going to be a global conflict okay. because the globe is not united enough to take sides. The terrorism will start will will continue to flare up in places and really is much more um worrisome than okay, we're at war, we hate you, you're the enemy and that 
you know, that's clear. What's going to happen this year and in the future is not so clear, and it's very anxiety-provoking. Part of this... Because yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was... the uncertainty, because it's not completely laid out. Do you feel that the, this year is a little bit more difficult to engage and um, tell pre- than previous years? To, to engage in what? Well, do you feel that 2015, based on the charts that you've been reading, do you feel that 2015 is standing out already because of its lack of clarity in terms of the clues it provides to what events will likely occur or manifest? Or is it something that's just, it has... No, I don't think there's a lack of clarity. I mean, I think that that um, that, that that the planets offer us potentials to go one way or another way. And for example, saying global conflict is a big deal, but the feeling of all of this terrorism around is um, equally not equally. It's it's almost as bad. But that's not really the way to look at it in an individual's mind. Because my next point is that this sense of lack of control and overwhelming information coming to us that's not cheerful through the media, through the Internet, is, provi- is, is, is creating um, a new addiction and a new kind of anxiety that seems to have no cure. But the cure is turn off the screens to look at the trees, et cetera, and that that can calm this sense of agitation. We have to accept what Snowden revealed. If somebody wants to find out information about you, it's a snap. It's easy, and that is the world we live in. How that information is used is not always in our control. So I I, I can't get really worried about that because basically I don't know what I have to hide. But uh, people who have something to hide should be warned that they will not be able to hide it indefinitely. Like something like we saying hi, what something to do with? Well, people who are you know doing um, illegal financial trading or drug dealing or another hot topic, which will be unfortunately uh, revealed and made some progress with in 2015, is human trafficking. Okay. And. Um, uh, the ways that this is hidden and and uh, manipulated uh, will come to light, won't be solved, but the um, the problem itself will get a good deal more attention than uh, it has in, in the past. I mean, it's just starting now. Um, other areas are, um, you know, it's, it's I think it's old-fashioned now to talk about climate change. Climate change is, but what will be the new version of what are we going to do is geoengineering and the fight for who is going to control and develop the technologies to um, attempt to balance the earth. And in that vein, we're going to have severe weather patterns and those erratic, almost Uranus-like events that can change things in an instant have a ripple effect on the economy. The economy. I do not believe the stock market is going to crash. However, that doesn't mean that the economy is all rosy and cheery. The stock market as an indicator of what's going on economically is, is kind of not an indicator anymore. It's off in its own field. Um, some people can make money on it, but the widening gap between the haves and the haves not and the yet-to-be-solved 
uh, banking uh, regulatory um, laws that were so hot and so important to be looked at in 2008, well, we haven't done squat about it. And uh, I think that's a great shame and should be remedied, but may not be completely. It is possible that the um, that another big investment bank goes belly up, like Shearson Lehman or Bear Stearns in 2008. And then maybe we'll kind of get with the program here. When I say get with the program, I mean the extreme discrepancy between um, people who have more money than they need and people who don't have enough to, to eat. Ms. Constance Stellis, thank you so much for your predictions for 2015. And to learn more about Ms. Stellis, please go to our website at ConstanceStellis.com. Thank you so much, Ms. Stellis. My pleasure. My pleasure. Joining us now is globally respected psychic medium, Ms. Lisa Kaza. We can learn more about Ms. Kaza by going to her website at lisacaza.com. Ms. Kaza, what are your predictions for 2015? Well, Ryan, the biggest story that I seem to be wanting to focus on is that of the U.S. economy and market as a whole. So um, back in, I don't know, I guess it was August or September, it was a number of months ago, I made a prediction on uh, uh, another radio show that I was appearing on, and it was about the economy, and I had said that the main predictor, the thing to wa- for people to watch is actually the housing market. And what's going to happen is the housing market is going to improve. And it's going to make a a steady climb. And as a result of that, there's going to be a lot of beliefs within people, you know, thinking that, oh, good, uh, everything's finally getting better, and here we go, finally we're out of the slump. But the thing is, I am being told to tell everybody to actually not fall for it because the the rise, it will not last. It's going to last for approximately four to five months, for, so four to five months from now, but then it's going to drop drastically. And the thing is, I, I actually just, it was just last week that I had heard on the news, just a wee bit of confirmation of this prediction that I've made many months ago, that the housing market is actually already starting to improve. So between now and the next four to five months, watch the housing market. If you are wanting to buy or sell a house, do it now or within the next four to five months. Um, But the thing is, this is going to be, like I can't say whether the market's going to be in favor of the sellers or the buyers because it's going to be a bit of a double-edged sword Um, because what's going with that is is the concept that it's actually going to become much harder to find employment. And I'll I'll, uh, get to the reason why that is momentarily. Um, This is just, just the beginning. Um, so what's going to happen is as a result of people not being able to find permanent full-time employment, it's, it's going to be so much harder. Well, therefore, it's going to be so much harder for people to purchase a home 
in turn affecting the seller. So like I said, once again, if you're looking to buy or sell real estate in any form, I would do it within the next four to five months before it drops. Because otherwise, if you, if you, if you wait until after that time, you're going to be waiting a while, approximately one to two years before you'll be able to do anything. Now, going back to the finding employment, um, this actually does affect the entire economy as well. Um, once again, I received more confirmation or news um, through the grapevine that uh, President Obama, a number of weeks ago, um, I'm not sure the full story because I, I don't actually keep up with politics, shame on me, but um, he admitted uh, thousands of Ill illegal immigrants uh, to stay within the U.S., giving them work, giving them money, uh, what have you. Well, that's, again, just the beginning because in 2015, I'm going to have to say probably right around the June, July, um, there's going to be a bigger deal, quote-unquote deal, made between the United States and Mexico over immigration. And it'll be where uh, companies will be offering opportunities to temporary workers who are holding short-term visas. Now realize uh, companies using these um, temporary workers is very cost-effective for them because they don't have to hire full-time. So and not hiring full-time, well, they don't have to pay full wages. Temporary workers get a, a drastically lower amount of wages as compared to full-time. So the, the companies are going to want more temporary workers than ever before. Okay. So as you can see, that's how this builds over into finding employment as well as the housing market. Everything is all tied into so one. But the Sorry? I was going to say, what else do you see? Any other um, any events that are currently you see might likely manifest in the U.S. in 2015, or at least even on the world scale? Well, that, that's going to be the major, major thing uh, in the U.S. Um, on another world scale, uh, there is. I have two other things here. Um, there's going to be. There's a very strong, strong possibility of a very strong alliance or closer ties between Russia and China. And it's going to be made through economic and, and military pacts. So um, this is, this can be quite concerning to many, especially, you know, who people that are within the, the uh, like the politicians and that, because uh, in years to come, they'll be quite the, the powerful force that, that will most likely challenge the states in many areas. So that's uh, one area of concern that I felt. And the, the other area that I'm feeling is actually um, here in Canada. Um, I, not too many folks know, if you go into my blog for the 2014 predictions, I actually didn't realize that I had predicted the shootings that occurred in Ottawa back in October. I actually predicted that but didn't know what it was. But anyways, as a result, of what happened in Ottawa, uh, Canada is going to start seeing almost like a mirror image of the events that occurred in the United States following 
it's going to be um, just just like the United States where one thing led to another. So, for example, uh, I definitely see a change in uh, trying to change gun legislation once again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, clamping down on the borders, getting more involved in the fight against terrorism, which of course is in fact already taken effect, but it's going to to get a lot worse. So Canada is going to pretty much mimic what the United States um, began right after 9-11 and for the years following. So you see Canada becoming what, like war fascist? Um, Well, I wouldn't want to put it in those words, but... Like more more repression, more repression of like the... Yes, oh yes, yes, definitely, yes, yes. I see it in the airports. Um, you know, like I said, a, the, pretty much mirror image I'm being shown. So, for example, in the airports, um, you're, instead of going through security once, you're going to be going through it two or three times. Do you see anything positive on the horizon for humanity for 2015? I mean, is there anything that humanity collectively can do or, you know, anything big development? I mean, those are the things you're referring to. I mean, is there anything really positive that could potentially happen in 2015 for humanity? Well, what is going to happen, I do have to say, is that there are a lot of people awakening. And they are also becoming much more spiritual, looking within, looking to above. And as a result of that, I do feel more warmth, more caring, more love amongst the people, the general people. I do see them coming together. And I actually wasn't even going to mention this because I'm going, ah, nah, with all this darkness going on, this is impossible. But no, I got a kick in the butt. And (laughs) it's from what I'm seeing, like what I heard was, uh, quote unquote, the largest unification ever seen. Really? Yeah. Like unification of humanity, kind of what unifying? Do you think it's going to have to be some kind of catastrophic event in order to unify the people, though? Uh, well, I think that's going to be with the economy. So, with the economy, and and then of course, like you got to think too about all of this horrible, really weird weather that we're having as well, and then the the disasters that we've been having. We're having more and more of them. That too is actually pushing towards oneness, and and uh, you know, helping fellow man. So all of it, it's going to be everything combined, everything that we're all going to be going through. It will be pushing us into this unification. And to be quite honest with you, that's going to be the beginning of the end of, if you want to call it, the darkness. Miss Lisa Kaza, thank you so much for your great predictions for 2015. And to learn more about Miss Kaza, please go to our website at lisakaza.com. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Joining us now is Mr. George Kavoslis, one of our most controversial guests of all time on the Outer Limits of Energy radio show. You can learn more about George by going to his website at ourjourneyhome.com.au. Mr. Kavoslis, what are your predictions for 2015? Brian, thank you for having me on. My predictions for 2015. Yeah, thank you. My predictions for 2015, they are since the transformational um, turning point of the early part of 2013, uh, there's been a great amount of 
transformation for those people who have been riding that cosmic wave that's been, you know, passing through our reality. So those of us who have been surfing that wave, we've been, you know, um, making very good use of doing a lot of inner work. So there's been a major restructuring taking place uh, throughout the initial shock of it all um, coming to us uh, in the early parts of 2013 and then using this year 2014 to really dig deep and really make, make those inner structural changes. And, and we've, for those of us who have embraced that, we can see that the major, major changes are taking place in this reality. From a subatomic level, there's, a, there's this energy that's pouring out into our cellular level and into the way that we think, the way we feel, the way we see the world, the way we understand the world. So 2015 is going to be the year where those of us who have been going through this transformational phase will now have the opportunity to begin to implement our new structure, our new modus operandi, the way we go about navigating our way through this matrix system, this, this, this artificial reality that's being imposed over the natural order on this planet. So right now, this is this so is the time we've, where we we've been able it. to restructure. Yeah, and so what what we've got is we because we've gone through this major restructuring internally, and we've become more present. We're far more present in this world, so we're far more substantial in our presence, in our emanation, in our determination, in our will. Uh, we've, we've def we're redefining the boundaries of our relationship with our mother planet. We're redefining the boundaries of our relationship with the solar system, with the galaxy. But we're also redefining our boundaries with the controllers and the overlords of the matrix. It's no longer... We no longer want to live a reactive life. We're not just being bounced around anymore. Now we're stepping into our creative powers and we are now beginning to forge a new path and birth this new life on this planet. So those of us are now stepping up to the bridge and, and really taking control of our vessels and our lives and making changes in this world in a proactive way. Okay. George, if you were to do a comparable difference, let's say 2010, the average human being had, I don't know, a certain amount of capabilities to being intuitive and being perceptive of having kind of a sixth sense perception. How would you say the average human being sixth sense perception will either increase or decrease by 2015? Like what are the subtle changes people should be aware of when trying to gauge and garner this overall, I guess, great leap of humanity that is occurring or in the process of occurring? Yeah, that's a really fantastic question. And the answer is probably not what people are going to expect is because it's a, it's a two-way thing that's going on because of the dialectic playing out on the planet. So there's a, there's a, a percentage of people whose intuitive abilities are going to increase and because they're beginning to increase exponentially. So there's going to be a dramatic change in the number of people that do increase intuitive abilities. On the same token, um, looking at the other side of the dialectic, there's also going to be a great number of people who will begin to be numbed out further because they're going to be taken deeper into the trance. Because there, there's this interesting 
paradox going on in this world for those of the people who are actually achieving completion uh, of their universal journey through this matrix system, this universal matrix system, uh, we are actually going back home. <laughs> um, and there's other people who aren't ready to do that because they're not ready for completion. So they're going to be taken deeper into the trance and they're going to be recycled back into the cosmic arena through various avenues, you know, through their belief systems or transhumanistic movements or, you know, there's, there's all these different methods that, uh, the, that are in store to lure people down different paths. Okay. And George, is there, what would you say is the possibility of collective humanity taking steps towards peace in 2015? Do you sense that there's going to be a greater conflict or more darkness, more tyranny kind of weighing upon the world? And if so, how long would you say this, this darkness will have free reign or stronger reign over humanity, at least on the surface, at least by average common perception? Well, the darkness doesn't have free reign. This whole entire um, exercise is being managed. So the darkness is being carefully managed by an energy posing as light that's here to save humanity for the better, um, which is, the, you know, I call it the false light or the synthetic light um, construct. So um, because they need to look like the good guys. So for me, the... Uh, the darkness, there's, it's a factional fight between the synthetic light and the synthetic dark energies. And we've been drawn into that dialectic. That's what's been imposed onto this planet. So there's a great amount of factional fighting within that, that cosmic empire construct. So we're gonna, there's factions within this current global construct of control that are digging their heels in and are really um, so enamored in their own deluded state of mind, that they just won't, you know, they're basically digging their heels in and going to war against their overlords because there's, there's an, another energy that's moving in on this planet that's saying now it's time for us to take this to the next level. And the old, there's members of the old guard saying, hang on a minute, you know, we, we don't want anything to change. We really like our positions of control and power and they are going to war. So it's really fascinating to see this factional fight going on between these two um, different components of the of this one controlling empire. You know, I want to go a little deeper. So, oh, sorry, go ahead. So for 2015, I'm, I'm seeing a consolidation, uh, an intensification of this, this energy that's moving in, which is uh, riding the wave of our transformation, this, en this energy of false light control. Uh, which is trying to um, capture and apprehend our awakening process and create these community programs, these, but they're all based on more of a collectivism, a more collective hive mind mentality of oneness, of, um, you know, it, it's more of a controlled uh, paradigm, heavily controlled paradigm, and, and it's using love against the human race. So it's a fascinating uh, observation if people can actually go to the extent of removing themselves from the dialectic and get a great vantage point and see how this is playing out on the planet. And, and it's gonna, there's going to be some difficult times coming up because of this factional fighting that's going on between the synthetic dark and the synthetic light. And we're just going to be watching these insane policies and programs trying to be implemented on the human race while these two factions fight it out. Hopefully the, the forces of light triumph. 
But um, well, the true organic nature of 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 the the natural organic light that exists within us and inside of us, uh, that's rising all the time. Eventually, we're gonna we're gonna you know achieve our intended outcome. So I'm not I'm not worried. I'm not concerned. I know that the more we restructure ourselves internally and the more of our own light we bring out into this world, that is the best medicine for us individually and that is the best medicine for the human race and that is the best medicine for the planet because we all sing that very beautiful, individual, powerful song, that part of us that is connected to the creator of this universe and to all life within it. And therefore we are empowered to then... Uh, navigate our way through this matrix and make greater, we'll have greater capabilities and greater ability to deal with any challenge that comes our way because we really truly have the power to manage this from a subatomic level if we just understand or remember the technique on how to do that. Mr. George Kavaslis, that was fantastic. Thank you so much for your analysis and your predictions on 2015. To learn more about George, please go to his website at ourjourneyhome.com. .au. Also, highly recommend that you listen to our original interview with George. So, Mr. Kavaslis, thank you so much for being with us today. Ryan, it truly is an honor and a pleasure. I'm very grateful. Thank you. Joining us now is Daryl Robert Schoon, a metaphysical and financial visionary. He predicted the 2008 collapse. He was the, very, he was the second show that we did, and we got a tremendous response now, without further ado, Mr. Daryl Schoon, thank you for coming on the show today. Ryan, it's a pleasure. Always a pleasure to be in front of this strange audience that has found <laughs> you. <laughs> They're awesome. They're awesome. Right. And it's not just my grandma hitting reload on the... Uh, they, <laughs> That's, good. That's good. I, 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 although I think you're paying her to do so, you know, those, those, those ratings are real. Right. You know, you give her some quaaludes and tell her to click, and another quaalude comes out. <laughs> Every hundred clicks, another quaalude comes down the, <laughs> comes down the computer. Your poor grandfather. Uh, well, he's, he's our partner in crime. <laughs> All right, good, good. So, Mr. Schoon, what are your predictions for 2015? All right. What I see, Ryan, is we are well into deep change. This change that, that we're, we find ourselves in is far bigger than the economy. I mean, I, in 2007, I predicted that, you know, that things were just going to go into a, we're, we're on the verge of another Great Depression, and we still are. There's been a temporary rebound. But the truth is this, is that this economic collapse is only a part of a greater shift. And out of that shift is going to come a far better world. What we're seeing, for example, you, you know, we were talking before the show started about what has happened in New York with the um, uh, grand jury refusal to indict uh, the uh, uh, the cop with the chokehold, Eric Jansen chokehold case. That's no different than what happened in Ferguson, all right? But the difference is there's outrage. This stuff has been going on for decades, all right? Only now is it reaching the level of public outcry, and this is new, all right? And, and, you know, it's not good that it happened. What's different is that there is an outcry and then there's outrage, and that shows a shift in America's consciousness. There was a book that was published in 1996 called The Fourth Turning 
by Strauss and Howe. It's an extraordinary book, Ryan. And in 1996, they said this, basically. They said, what's going to happen uh, after the turn of the century? And around 2005, there is going to be a crisis, a big crisis. And out of that, questions of race, uh, equality, all these things that are going to come up for America. What Strauss and Howe said, this happens uh, every 70 to 80 years in the United States. There's it's the cycles that we go through. And the first crisis the United States went through, they said, was when it was born in, in uh, you know, 1776. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 80 years later, we had the Civil War. Huge thing. We went to the mat. Violence, killing. All right, another huge crisis through which America went through. Eighty years after the Civil War, Strauss and Howe said we went through another period of intense change. All right, this was what they call the twin emergencies of the Great Depression and World War II. And so they said, just like as a clock turns, eighty years later there's going to be another what they called a fourth turning. All right, and they said this would happen soon after the turn into the new millennium. So here we are. It's 2014. We're deep into it. All right. We're shifting. The world that's going to emerge from this is going to be far different than any world we have ever okay. seen. Now, what most people see is a lot of chaos. What I suggest is that we look for the positive aspects in it. All right. Change is always is never easy, whether it's collective in a society. Or if it's individual, I think if your re- if your your listeners look back on their own lives, the more intense the crises they've gone through. For example, take puberty. Oh my God, <laughs> I would. All right, that was we, intense. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure we even survived. I don't, I, I don't know about you, but my door was locked for like I don't know days at a time. Yeah, I was really doing my homework in there. We were all doing our homework. We're all doing our homework. Yeah, just I mean, became studious, very studious. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I mean, it was it was enormous what changed. Now, what I would say that what humanity is going through now is going to make puberty look like a, a, a walk in the park. This is huge. I call what we're going through now, Ryan, a cosmic reboot, of which the economic collapse is only one of the uh, trigger points. The earth changes. Um, I mean, on my website, I I always yep. now have a thing. The earth changes. Record heat, record cold. You know the Earth. And real quick, your website is drshoon.com. It, well, it's called drshoon. It's not drshoon.com. Yeah, I've got two right. quick questions that emerged from the thing you're talking about. The www.drshoon.com. But the fourth turning. Yeah, and and that's really what it is. Well, you said the fourth turning. What did they say? Anything yeah. beyond the fourth turning? What is the what? What do they predict happens? Is there a fifth turning? And also, okay. with this cosmic shift that you are discussing, has this ever occurred in the history of humanity before? No. Not at this level. We've had shifts before. I mean, one of the books that uh, I really, really liked was a thing called um, The Great Wave. It was a book by Professor David Hackett Fishers, published by Oxford University Press. And it talked about changes, paradigm changes that have happened throughout history. And he said it happens every two, three hundred years, all right? The Dark Ages was... uh, was succeeded by the Renaissance, which was succeeded by the Age of Enlightenment, which was succeeded by what he called the Age of Victorian Stability, which is, and and he said, but every one of these periods of what we call stability, 
is interrupted by a huge wave of inflation that brings the present era to its knees in a complete economic collapse, allowing for the rebirth of a new culture, a new society. What Hacken Fisher said, he also published his book in 1996, the same year that, um, that uh, The Fourth Turning was published, was that this great wave, which David Hackett Fisher said started in 1896, all right? He said these great waves of inflation, all right, take uh, anywhere from 80 to 160 years. And so he said this wave started, the current great wave started in 1896, so we're well into it. And what he wrote in 1996, he said the amplitude of change in this great wave is greater than any other previous wave, all right? The waves that brought the, the Middle Ages to an end, the waves that brought the Renaissance to an end, this is the biggest. This is the mother of all paradigm shifts. And what I, I, I believe, absolutely, Ryan, is that this is equivalent to a cosmic reboot. Not only are we seeing the uh, rise of the East and the, what we see is the fall of the West is only a return to parity between the East and the West that existed prior to the West ascension with its debt-based money in 1694 out of England. All right. Prior to that, the East and the West was basically equal. Well, one of the things, and now it's going to be equal again, and I think it's just reflective of a deeper shift between the polarities of yin and yang, male and female, and, and the active and the passive polarities. The universe itself, the physical universe itself, the universe of manifestation, has never been balanced before. It, is, it, it, it emerged in a state of imbalance, of which the feminine polarity was always in the bottom. All right, And the male polarity has always been on the top. This shift is going to rebalance it, and it is going to sh change everything as we know it, and not only in the outer sense, Ryan, but ourselves as well. And that's why I suggest that your listeners look less to the outside of what's going on because it's going to happen out there anyway, all right? And it certainly has our attention. But what I would suggest is this. We are now deep into the shift that the new world is going to start emerging, and it's going to emerge from the inside out. So look for those shifts in yourselves. Look for the rebalancing. Look for the rise of intuition. All right? Look for the lessening of the whole of your egoic mind, of your intellect, trying to frame, reframe, and control a reality that it has never been able to control. And out of that, out of the usurpation of the intellect is going to come the freeing of the spirit. We are heading for, it's not going to happen, it's, it's happening now, but this is something that it's going to take, it's going to take years, was, years. If you were to engage, let's say we looked at, you examined 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, from your perspective on an energy level, what have you observed to be the trajectory of the global energy, this inner field that you're discussing? Uh, is it it's accelerating exponentially, okay. but it's accelerating at a non-visible level. Most of the acceleration has happened in the, in the field of inner energy, of spirit, of consciousness, all right? It's, and that's where it first happens, as above, so below, all right? This, this battle or the, what we call battle here on the physical plane, had its genesis on the inner planes. 
all right? That's where it started. All we are at the physical level is a reflection of the inner levels, okay? This move, even at the physical level, perhaps inner as well, started manifesting in the 1930s, and it's been gaining gaining power and trajectory ever so since. What are some of those, we are now, I'm sorry, what are some of those more physical manifestations, especially that you've noticed in the last 20, 30, and especially the last five years? Uh, okay, all right. What I see is the rise of women, all right? Now, this started happening 200 years ago, 150 years ago, all right? I mean, in Asia, women had bound feet. I mean, you still look at it. This is one of the things that you see has been endemic to humanity, the oppression of women. All right. I mean, rape. I mean, everything economically, the, uh, the, 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 the the subservience of emotion and feeling to the intellect. All right. Now, the intellect and emotion are supposed to balance. OK. Now, what it has been in humans experience for the last two, all, all history, the intellect, the intellect has been praised. All right. And where does it get you? Well, it's the most extreme places. It gets you to Hitler. All right. It gets you to the ability to think anything. When it gets you ultimately to heartlessness. That's where it gets you. All right. It gets you to existential heartlessness. Well, that is ending. You are seeing feelings reassert themselves now because they've been suppressed so long that the original feelings that, that come up are just out of control. Rage, terror, fear. I mean, you know, all that kind of stuff. But that's because they've been suppressed so long. When it reaches its balance point in the heart, thought and feeling are going to balance, and that has never happened before. So when you ask what I see is going on, I see heart coming back. I see feeling coming back. It hasn't, it, we're nowhere near balance, all right? But after centuries of oppression, it is now making its reappearance, okay? And it can no longer be held back because the cosmic shift is in progress. The cosmic reboot is in progress. You know, Bucky Fuller said there's two kinds of change on the planet, all right, class one and class two, all right? And class two changes, he says, is like humanity, you know? I mean, this could be anything that we do to make our individual lives better or to make our collective lives better. And because we don't understand what's going on, our attempts to make it better can often make it worse, all right? But what Bucky said, there's class one, and he says this is universal change. And he said the changes that are going now are universal. They're class one. And when class one changes, it doesn't matter what humanity does. I mean, I watch this stuff with at Ferguson. I watch the, the grand jury thing. I watch the elections. I watch political change. And, you know, I watch the rise of ISIS. I watch all this stuff. And I tell you, thank God I have the background that I now have because – it's not that it's not terrible, but I know it's just the last outburst of terror, fear, and rage as the universe, in my opinion, from where I see it, is rebounding. Okay, I need to ask you this. In terms of the last gasp, I've actually um, been familiar or heard this before, that the negativity, that the evil that we perceive as evil, the darkness, is basically getting pulled or being sucked away, and it's giving its one last roar or one last stance to make it seem like it's stronger than it is. Do you believe that yeah. the um, the forces of darkness, the control, is at an all-time high right now in terms of its power? Because if you look at the ability to survey and surveillance, and you look at the brutality of a police state, it seems to be at a, st at a place where I don't think even the world's worst dictators could ever envision it. Well, you know what? 
all governments are tyrannical. <laughs> even, even the school boards. Even the school boards. It all has to do with power, and it has to do with police. All right, we've had the benefit of credit. All right, to make us think that the world has been better than it is, and it's basically debt slavery. All right, now to address your question, this is what I feel. All right, is that the world of duality has to be seen in the context of unity, of the of the one. All right, the duality came into into into, into manifestation as the one decided, which is based on love, to manifest in duality. All right. And in the world of duality, good and evil became apparent. You know, you, you got the roots of this in the tree of good and evil in the Bible. All right? And this is what, where the world of judgment it is. All right? Now, what is happening is, but it always takes place in the context of unity. At the, on the earth at this time, on the earth plane at this time, I can't, certainly can't speak for anything else, and I barely know only what I do feel I know about this, is that the dark forces are being forced out of the inner planes, out into the outer planes, which is where we live, where our five senses manifest ourselves. Those of us who are in, who are incarnating now on this planet, all right, live in the world of three dimensions, all right, time and space and physicality, and in that world, you see terror, you see Guantanamo, you see ISIS. I mean, they talk about the terror of ISIS. I mean, that's nothing compared to what shock and awe was in 2003 when we invaded Iraq on the pretense, uh, pretext and pretense of weapons of mass destruction. You know, I mean, it's horrible to take uh, an aid worker and stick a gun to his head and, and show a video of it. All right? Why? Because we're on the side of the people who, who, who went to, quote, make the world better. All right? We were also on that same side that threw in tonnage and destroyed countries in the Middle East on the pretext that they had weapons of mass destruction that never existed. Where is the parity between shock and awe and ISIS? One thing leads to another. Evil is evil. Whether it's done at the hand of the West, the East, Muslims, ag agnostic, atheists, or whatever. Bankers, or you know, <laughs> the lady trying to chisel you out of you know, the cookies that she no. told you she was going to give you. I don't <laughs> All right. I mean, evil is evil. But this, this in my opinion, Ryan, it's, it, we're seeing some of it here because it's being forced out of the inner planes into the open where it's happening. What we have to do is stay true to the, and, and find that part of ourselves that's going to make it through. You can either hold on or let I go. Just, all right. And if you hold on, you're holding on to a world that's going to pass. This is going to sound, I don't know how this is going to come off, but are you familiar with the Nightmare on Elm Street series? Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy Krueger. Uh, no, 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 Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, listeners are. What they do in the yeah. sixth movie is, uh, I'll explain why I'm bringing yeah. this up, is that they pull him out of the dream state. He's in physical reality, and then they destroy him in physical reality, and he's gone. So my question to you is this. If a lot of these energies are existing on the inner planes, they're physically manifested you just you decide to change a person's mind or you change a cultural shift that is manifested physically does that energy from that physical manifestation be gone forever okay now you when you said that i go wow so this is what the freddy krueger movie well no they're actually i don't know okay. if they're that deep i know no yeah no yeah no but i i, I got it yeah. all right what i would say is this the freddy krueger personality persona is a symbol of the ego 
all right? The human a dream of separateness, okay, that, 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 that we all are in. You know, this universe, the physical universe appears to, to me, I've, I've called it jokingly, a cosmic outpatient clinic, <laughs> all right? And the underlying syndrome that we all suffer from is egoic dissociation, all right? The, the illusion of the separate sense of self. And because we all have that same delusion, we don't think it's abnormal because it isn't abnormal. Everyone in this outpatient clinic suffers from it, okay? And then the few that actually get their act together, we call them gods. You know, Buddha, Jesus, you know, Zoroaster, you know, Lao Tzu, the ones who knew, the ones who Socrates, the ones who got there, all right? And because the truth of the matter is, is that the, the difference between the two is huge in terms of experience. But in terms of beingness, there's no difference. It's just a state of delusion. That which is, is, whether it's deluded or not. Okay? Now, the egoic state is going to shift away. The egoic state is going to up-level into a sense. When I was a hippie, you know, and I'm reading all this metaphysical stuff, I remember reading something and it never quite made sense to me. And what it says is this. In the new age, in the coming new age, which the hippies call the age of Aquarius because the age of Pisces is passing away, is that everyone's going to know their connection to God. All right? And I thought, wow, what would that be like? All right? Well, my sense now, Ryan, it's not going to, we're going to have a bunch of Mormons, Muslims, Sunni Muslims, Shiites, Seventh-day Adventists, and, you know, and Jehovah Witnesses walking around. And that's not it. All right? And you miss, we may still have them walking around. But what it is is that the only ones who are going to be here are the ones who are going to know that they are, uh, that they are connected to source that they are an out-manifestation of God, that within their heart is the heart of love, that everyone is a part of this big deal. And that's a huge shift, all right? Now, the nightmare thing is the, is the, is the collectivization or the, I would say, is the outpicturing of the fears of the ego, all right? Metaphysically, they would call that the, uh, the, the, the end of the dweller on the threshold, all right, which they don't look as a negative thing. They look at it as a part of, 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 of the ascension process or the coming back to yourself, all right, that the egoic self is going to basically, as a separate sense, is going to disappear. Now, you need ego to be here because without the ego framing you, you would, you would have no sense of self at all. But the ego as, in its present state, as a, a separated state, which has no apparent connection to source is got to go that's when we that's when we go crazy when it's like a it's, it's when the when the ego when the dissociative self feels totally disconnected that's when you see the violence selfishness that's when you see un that terror all right Be, because that that is a a a state of of collective mental illness that is so large that's why you see the earth the way it is now. I mean, I used to joke about the earth being a cosmic outpatient clinic. And in many, many ways, it is. I used to say, you know what? In the rest of the universe, there's no death. In the rest of the universe, there's love and expansion and expression and creativity. I wasn't so far wrong. I was being sarcastic. You nailed it. No, you nailed it. No. It's, well, screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> And, but but now there's a cosmic reboot happening. Well, I don't know, good. Maybe, I don't know, maybe good or bad. Who knows? 
No, it is good. If because if it doesn't happen, we've just got more of the same. I don't. I don't know. Well, what about uh, each individual person? When you talk about this comic, each individual person is in. Listen, I, 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 even that. All right, the ego is going to totally freak out. The ego freaks out, even at the at 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 coming back to its source. You know, one of the sayings I wrote years ago was that believing myself temporal, I became afraid of the eternal. All right, and and you know all these people who are on these spiritual paths, I, they they don't even know that their ego is deathly afraid. All right, this I, whole idea of cosmic surrender, spiritual surrender. You know, oh, all we got to do is surrender the ego, and then we come back. You know, on a spiritual path. The the Course in Miracles had one extraordinary line about that. It said this: is that you can't surrender. Your ego is so afraid it can't let go, and God would not ask of you what you cannot do. So the only thing asked of you is your willingness to surrender, if your willingness to let go. And if your ego is willing to let go, then it will be transformed into the oneness because it's not surrender. That's not even how the, the oneness sees it. The oneness sees you, your, quote, surrender as, as reunion. Your ego only sees it as surrender. To your ego, the separated sense of self that's been allowed by the cosmos to grow and get huge and inflate itself to an absolutely distorted sense of paranoid separation where it's fighting for control no matter how much control it's got, it's got to go. It's got to go because all it does, we've now reached a state of collective insanity, which is what this earth is. There's the reboot going on. From the standpoint of the, of the separated self, it looks like hell is going to happen. It looks like Freddy Krueger's nightmare is going to happen where it's going to die. All right? Well, you know what? Thank God it's going to die. But the only thing that's going to die is the separated sense of self. The self isn't going to die. The self is going to rebloom. The self is going to flower. The self is going to go, holy <laughs> shit, the nightmare's <laughs> over. My, th- what I thought was real was only a bad acid trip. You know? Man, I don't know if you've ever had a bad acid but I know. Oh, yeah, they're awful. Like, yeah. All right? I got chased, you know, get chased but, by gnomes. It's crazy. Delu- yeah, but they're delusions. It's not real. What's real is love. What's real is the universal source. What's real are the, are the, are, are the polarities of yin-yang in balance, which they have never been before. We are going to get a dose of reality, all right? And the egoic separated self is scared shitless of this dose of reality, all right? I am so glad that at least a part of me knows that this dose of reality is going to be so good. It's going to be the end of the nightmare, the beginning of the dream, and the resumption of of cosmic of inclusion. We're going to be taken back into the fold. All right. This is this Earth has been like a, an experiment in free will gone bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, one of my jokes about this is that, you know, they ought to have our pictures and, you know, our little self. You know, there's Ryan and there's Daryl and there's all of us. And, and we're on these spits over a fire, you know, and the little epigram underneath was um, burning on the spit of free will. You know, you get, that's what free will is. You get to, to indulge yourself until you can't take any more pain. All right. And I think a lot of us have had it. Now, some of us. Don't give a shit. Some of us are going to go down burning. 
All right? And that's their choice. The universe is about free will because it knows that it's really about love. And in the, in the recreation of itself, it gave all parts of itself free will. And you know what? You know what, Ryan? Not all of its parts are ready to go back into the oneness. Dr. Daryl Shoon, that was an incredible interview and analysis on the 2015 <laughs> predictions. I'm serious. I don't think that there's any other show out there that's going to be talking about these types of predictions, talking about predictions on the energy level. <laughs> But, you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Ryan. When I give my talk at, on, on on my gold and silver seminars, I'm not talking this talk. Oh, I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's I think it's wonderful. Michael, you have to go to Daryl Shoon's site, Doctor Shoon S C H O O N dot com. I highly, highly recommend you watch his YouTube videos too because they are fantastic. That's how I discovered Doctor Shoon. It's been phenomenal, energetic, uh, charismatic YouTube videos. Doctor Shoon, thank you Ryan. so much. Okay, everyone, that concludes tonight's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth radio show. Special thanks to our special guests, Mr. Gerald Salente, Chris Dwayne, Michael Rivero, Gregory Manorino, Teal Swan, George Kapostolis, and Daryl Shoon. Special thanks to our virtues, Ms. Constellus, Ms. Carrie O'Connor, Ms. Laura Lynn, and Ms. Lisa Caza. Thank you to you. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, please visit OuterLimitsRadio.com. Till next time we meet again, my friends, wishing upon you infinite peace, love, and beers. Thank you, and have an unbelievable 2015.